You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Right on. So, tonight, um, we're going to continue the series on uh, the verses from the Beatitudes. And uh, this evening, I have the privilege to talk about Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. You know, tonight I, I have a number of verses to look at, and they will be up here in a few moments as we kind of go through them. You obviously won't be able to, you know, write down all the verses, but some people do like to take notes, but there is the scripture reference for all of them so that you can kind of look back on them uh, as you maybe think about this talk throughout your week, because I think that's always our heart, is that you would think about what we happen to share on a Sunday throughout your week. And uh, so, yeah, they'll be up there as well. Um, this week, my wife and I were just talking a lot about mercy. And it's amazing how jam-packed the Bible is to, um, in regards to talking about mercy. It, there, it's just everywhere throughout the scriptures. And so that's why there are a number of passages that will be up there this evening. I love, I love that video that we just watched, uh, the, the one line kind of combining them and adding a couple of words. Basically, he says, God has called us to make a difference in this world so that we can do what others claim can't be done. And I really believe that when God is at the center of our lives, when we are focused completely on Him and, and, and staying in tune with the Spirit, we can do things that others say can't be done. Right? We, we can. I was, uh, watching a video tonight of Francis Chan, just a, an American guy that shares a lot of really great truth. And he said, before I start speaking, I always take a really deep breath and let it out again. And, uh, and he says he does that because it reminds him that, that that breath comes from God. And, and it just reminds him how he needs Holy Spirit, he needs God every day in everything that he's doing. Each breath that we take, we should never take that for granted. And he just carries on about that. We need him, but the, the amazing thing is that we can do things that others claim can't be done because of the Spirit of God dwelling inside of us. I truly believe that God has called us to be different makers in our circle of influence and in our communities. I really, really believe that. I don't believe that we've been placed here by accident. I don't believe that God wants us to just kind of drift through life and hope things work out. I really believe that he has purposely put each and every one of us here so we can be those difference makers in our circle of influences and in our communities. The other, <clears throat> the other week I had said that we need to be a people um, that, are, that live counterculture. And, and though that sounds really cool, as we were praying this week, God just kind of deposited a little, a little word into Chris's heart. And, uh, and essentially what Chris shared, not exactly, but what God shared with Chris, with Chris was, it's not about not being something, but it's about creating something. So it's not about being counterculture, but it's about creating a God culture. It's about creating what God longs to see on earth by by allowing him to flow in and through us. God doesn't take us out of something. He actually places you into something. Right? It's about creating 
establishing a kingdom culture where we are planted as a church, where we're planted as individuals. It's about saying, I'm commissioned to go into this culture and create a God culture. I'm, I'm commissioned to go into my circle of influence and bring the kingdom. I'm commissioned to go into my community and bring the kingdom. Right? As we look at the word mercy, I believe it's important that, that, that we say that, that, that God is the author of mercy. I think we need to establish right from the very beginning that God is a merciful God. Mercy begins and ends with him. In this room tonight, many of us have experienced um, God's mercy. But if you haven't experienced it, the, the reality is that you can experience that at any point. You may have actually experienced it, you just didn't realize that you've experienced it. But you can experience that at any point. God wants you to feel it. God wants us to know and feel his mercy. The reality is that, that we all deserve punishment, right? It's not, it's not really a nice thing to say, but that's the reality. We all deserve punishment. But Jesus himself took the punishment upon him. We, because of Christ and the finished work of the cross, are getting what we don't deserve, which is mercy. We're all getting what we don't deserve, mercy. I really believe that that is something to be celebrated. I don't, I don't expect a, an applause or a, anything like that, but I really believe that knowing that, that we have received the mercy of God, I believe that that should be celebrated in our lives. We deserve death, but God made a way for us to have life and experience that life in abundance. It's because of Him that we can have an abundant, fulfilled life. Here's going to be, here's a few scriptures just to remind us of God's mercy. Romans 11.30 says, Just as you were at one time disobedient to God, have now received mercy. And the next one, Titus 3.5, He saved us not because of righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. And 1 Peter 1.3, In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. God is the author of mercy. It's all about his mercy. When we think of the word mercy, a lot of things come to mind and and many words come to mind. We think of things like sympathy or pity, compassion, kindness, forgiveness, or maybe it's refraining from hurting or punishing someone. Those are kind of some of the words that come to mind when we think of mercy. These synonyms do give us some insight of how one might act, but mercy, I believe, is more than this. And in a second, I'm going to have a Quite a lengthy definition, but it's, I think it's really important. If we were to take the word sympathy and use it in the popular sense of the word, we would conclude that it means feeling sorry for someone. How many would kind of think of that? Sympathy. You kind of think, yeah, you're just sort of feeling sorry 
for them. But this word mercy that we're looking at tonight is more than this. Feeling sorry for someone requires, I think, minimal action. You give a handout and then you keep going. You, you help someone, but you're kind of disengaged. We do this all the time. We just kind of, and carry on. Help somebody up for a moment, keep going. We, we often just do that. We don't fully embrace this idea of mercy. So here's this lengthy definition. But true mercy, at its core, is all about getting into another's mind and heart. It's the ability to get rid, or sorry, get right inside the other person's skin until we can see things with their eyes, think things with their mind, and feel things with their feelings. It's about experiencing things together with the other person, literally going through what he or she is going through. Now, when you start thinking about that, that's, there's, there's a little more depth there, isn't there, than, than just feeling sympathy or just feeling, you know, these sorts of, um, these other words that I shared. Um, a shorter way to say this, you could say it's about walking in another person's shoes. I think we've all probably heard that. Often the word that's, that I think can work closely with that is, or with mercy, is this word empathy. Where you're, where you're actually walking in somebody else's shoes. Have you guys heard that word empathy? Yeah, yeah, you sort, sort of with me. That's good. What I love about this lengthy definition is it, it gives a proper perspective of what I believe God did for us. He didn't just simply feel sorry for us, right? But he fully engaged and he fully engages with us daily. He entered and he enters our reality. He did and does what it takes for us to know his mercy. He just, it's just an ongoing process with him. It happened, but it continues to happen. He entered into our lives, but he continues to enter and just be a part of our lives. In many ways, God gets right inside our skin and says, I'm with you in this. I feel what you're feeling. I see what you're seeing. I know what you're thinking. I know what it's like to live in your shoes. He gets what's going on in our lives. Which is, for me, when I think about that, it, it really does make me go, yeah, thank you, God, that you get what I'm going through. I see mercy as less about that we have received it and more about that we are continually receiving it. And it is from this example set for us that we extend, that we extend mercy. God is the author of mercy and it's from this place that we are able to live this kind of mercy towards others. He's the perfect example of mercy. See, I think, I think if we want to live mercy, we first of all have to embrace this idea that it, it, it started, it originated with God. And it's from that that we're able to extend the mercy that He's actually called us to extend. Because I think if we, if we decide to extend mercy from this sort of popular terminology of sympathy or something along those lines, we miss how God wants us to be displaying and extending mercy to others. 
So blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The idea isn't if you do this, then you get mercy. The idea is in this way of living, showing mercy to others, you're partnering with God and establishing his kingdom on earth. And the bonus, I believe, is that we will be shown mercy in that. Sometimes I think, you know, you could easily read this as, blessed are the merciful, they will be shown mercy. I, I do believe that as we are merciful, we will be shown mercy. But I believe the perspective needs to be just a little bit different. The, the idea is that showing mercy, mercy to others, you're partnering with God and establishing his mercy, or establishing his kingdom on earth, and then in return, we will be shown mercy. But that's more of the bonus of it. The blessed life is not about what we get, it's about what we give. And I think that's the idea again with being merciful. It's, it's about, it's about giving. It's not about what we will get in return, but it's about just being merciful. A few more scriptures that I think are really important to God. Here's a few more. Just again, highlighting this whole aspect that God wants us to be people that show mercy. In Proverbs 21, 13, he says, If a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. Which I know when the first time that I read that, it really was a very sobering verse for me. To kind of like, yeah, that's a very good verse. Proverbs 14, 31 says, He who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. And then James 1.27 says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. And in Galatians 2.10, it talks about how Paul and Barnabas uh, were asked to continually remember the poor. Not just occasionally, but continually. Continually be merciful to people. Not just every once in a while at certain events, but continually be people that extend mercy. And then in James 2.13, it talks about how mercy triumphs over judgment. And I think so, so often we can look at situations and, and, and at times we can maybe be judgmental and think all these different things. But in this particular passage, it's like God is screaming to us, be merciful, be merciful, be merciful. You know, it's so easy to be judgmental. It's so easy to choose to, to do that. It's a little bit harder to be merciful. It's a little bit harder to, to take that extra step and start walking in somebody's shoes. But God wants us to be merciful. He doesn't want us to be judgmental. In Matthew, it says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And even, even in that, sometimes we can be like, I'm just sacrificing so much. And God's like, I prefer you just be merciful. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And then finally, in Micah 6, 8, he says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. To love mercy. To be people that love mercy. To be people that love walking in somebody else's shoes. To be people that love just feeling what other people are feeling and thinking what they're thinking and knowing what they're knowing, and just walking with them. That's a, that's a whole new level of what Christ calls us to. Living, mercy to. living mercy to God is a big deal. 
I would say that it's probably um, a very, very important thing that God is calling us to be and to do, to extend mercy. So I guess, what can mercy look like for us? I think, first of all, it's reminding ourselves how we need his mercy, how we personally need his mercy, first and foremost. Um, in, in Luke 7.47, I don't have this scripture up there, but in Luke 7.47, um, and I'll read in a second part of it, but it speaks of a sinful woman who invited herself into a meal that Jesus was at. And at this meal, she's weeping at his feet and begins to wipe his feet with her tears and perfume on them, pouring her perfume on them. And this, according to those around him, was unacceptable. And because Jesus knew that that uh, they were thinking this, he asked one of them a question. So in Luke 7.40, it says, Simon... I have something to say to you. This is Jesus speaking. He says, two men owned, owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, another 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he canceled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to him, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wept. She wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he who has been forgiven little, loves little. And then he says, your sins are forgiven. Obviously, there's no time to like unpack that particular passage. That's for another time. But the point that I want to I want to make in this particular passage is this, this woman, she really, she really understood this idea of receiving God's mercy. And he has done so he did so much for her and there there wasn't a one little bit of it that she was going to take for granted she knew exactly that she needed god that he was the only one that could bring her from that place that she was to the place that he was taking her he he like literally he pulls her out of the depths of just her her stuff and i think for us personally we need to we need to always keep that on the forefront that if it wasn't because of God's mercy, where would we be? I think that's, and it's so easy to just sort of take that for granted. It's so easy just to kind of go, yeah, that, that happened and I'm thankful for that, but now I can kind of be, keep moving on. I think we have to remember even that each breath that we take is, is because God allows it to happen. Right? It's, it's, it's something that we can, we can just kind of experience God's love for us, experience God's mercy, and then kind of take things into our own hands. And I think this is just a reminder that that we need his mercy every single day. We have been we have been forgiven so much, and it is my conviction that we should keep close to our hearts 
what God has done for us. I think that first and foremost, as we go to extend mercy, we need to remember what God has brought us from or what God wants to bring you from or the things he plans to bring you from that you have not yet experienced yet. But just staying in this place of just saying, God, I want to know your mercy. I want to, and I want to extend mercy. God, God's going to do those things that he needs to do in your life. And we're all in, we're all in process in that. The second thing is just simply this. We live mercy according to Matthew 25 and 40. And this again is a very, um, famous passage of scripture. Matthew 25. And, uh, this scripture here, just near the end, and as soon as I read this, you'll, it'll probably trigger something. It says, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And in this particular passage, we read, he says, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me, or, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or stranger? I shouldn't have read that part. That's not where I wanted to go, sorry. The point is, is that God wants us to go out and to be doing these things because that's what we're called to do, to live that mercy. I was thinking just of a few things for my, for myself in regards to, I tell the truth, whatever you did for the least of these, you did, did, for these, the least of brothers of mine, you did for me. I was a single mom and you walked with me. Just kind of bringing this to where we're at right now. I was a single mom and you walked with me. I struggled with addiction and you journeyed with me. My family left me. I'm all alone and you're helping me out. I don't know what to do about this and you listened to my pain. My loved one passed away and you comforted me. I'm hurting and broken and you hung out with me and told me about Jesus. I, I could really share a number of stories where Kyle and I and in the past or um, in, in previous churches that we've been a part of where we've kind of extended mercy in, in various different ways and how we walked with people. But I think at the end of the day, it's just a matter of, of us going, okay, this is, this is what mercy looks like. It's about walking in somebody else's shoes. So how can I now apply that to my circle of influence? How can I now do that in, in my community? And just begin to do what, what God has called us to do. Living mercy is about embracing people, walking in their shoes, getting in people's skin as Jesus came to us and displaying God's unconditional love. And like this film said at the very beginning, and, uh, David, you can, you guys can come up if you wouldn't mind. 
as we just close. In this film, it said, the blessed, the blessed life is about embracing comfort, feeling righteous anger for injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people, shedding tears for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, and war. And then he says, it's about living foolishly. And I think walking in somebody else's shoes sometimes does seem a little bit foolish. But I'm not, I'm not asking us to be fool, or I am asking us to be foolish, but I am not asking us to be stupid. And, uh, I think we just need to know the heart of the Lord and to, and to, to walk in the mercy that He's called us to walk in and to go to the, go to our circle of influences in our communities and do what He's called us to do, to find those needs that are out there and meet them with mercy. And I think when we begin to step out in mercy, there's that promise of we too will be shown and will be continually shown mercy. But we, we give mercy not to get it. We give it because that's what God has called us to do. So let's all just, let's stand this, this evening together. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.